Hello and welcome to Solo Travel with Darren. This is episode number 59. And today I'm going to be talking about what I learned when I was over in Ukraine. And specifically when I was over in eastern Ukraine in a city called Kharkiv. And so um, I want to talk to you about what you can learn from my experience. And incidentally, before I get started, I just wanted to kind of remind everybody what this um, content is about or this podcast is about and my YouTube channel and everything is it's that I want to give advice to people who want to travel by themselves. Um, I want to basically put out information that will kind of help you not stress about going somewhere no matter how far away it is and kind of what you need to know and kind of everything that I wish I knew when I started traveling by myself about 15 years ago. And so anyways, I just want to make sure that everything's clear about what I put out. And so um, if you would, please subscribe to this podcast. Um, it's Solo um, solo Travel with Darren in um, the Apple podcast. And then I have a YouTube channel where I put all the videos and things of where I've been. And then my Instagram is Solo Mail Travel um, at Instagram. But anyways, um, if you would, like I said, subscribe to this podcast and I'll be putting out um, helpful content in the future, basically to help you travel by yourself. Um, mainly if you're a guy, but even if you're a girl, um, the information here should be helpful. So anyways, um, for this episode, again, I want to basically say that if you want to, if you're practicing, if you're learning a language and you want to go to the country or want to go to a country to immerse yourself in the language, go directly to the country. Um, what I did is I've been kind of studying Russian for the last two years, and I wanted to go somewhere where I could kind of immerse myself in Russia, in Russian, in the Russian language, and um, that was Ukraine, which is interesting. I talked about this before. In Ukraine, most of the country speaks Russian, even though it's Ukraine, and even though there's, even though Ukrainian is the national language and the official language, um, still, when you're walking around and everybody in the stores and everything, they speak Russian. So, anyways, I knew that, so I wanted to go to Ukraine because you can get to Ukraine as an American, you can go without a visa, and so that's the difference between going to Ukraine and going to Russia. But um, after my t my month in Ukraine, I've decided that the next time I want to do something like that, I'm just going to go straight to Russia and hang out in Moscow for a month because the issues in Ukraine are a little bit too complex for me. And I'm going to get into that um, in this podcast. Um, so Again, Har I went to Kharkiv in July, and Kharkiv is the second biggest city in Ukraine, over 2 million people. Um, it's on the eastern, not on the eastern border of Ukraine, but it's to the east, kind of northeast um, on a map of Ukraine, but it's about 20 miles away from the Russian border. And before... Um, I knew, oh, before I went, I obviously knew, you know, where Kharkiv was. Um, and I knew also from books and YouTube and blogs that Kharkiv, or I thought I knew, I should say, that Kharkiv was sympathetic to Russia, or at least indifferent to Russia. One, because they were so close to the border and I guess, too, obviously, that they were Ukraine and, U and Russia were all part of the Soviet Union 
um, back before 1990. Um, and so the people in Kharkiv, they all spoke Russian and they were sympathetic to Russian. That's what I thought. And, and again, I wasn't, I didn't think that the people in Kharkiv were like the people down in um, Crimea or Sevastopol down there when Russia came in and annexed Crimea back in, I think it was 2014. Um, I'm, I understand that there was some people who were happy that the Russians came in and then, because they were mad at the Ukrainian government. And then I understand that obviously there was Ukrainians down there who were upset that the um, uh, Russians came in. And also the Western world, including America and everybody else, was upset that um, Russia would just come in over the border. Uh, whether or not the people there wanted them to come in or not, um, still that the, the West was saying that that violated international laws, I guess. Um, but nevertheless, again, I, and again, I'm going to get into this as I talk, but I just don't know. I don't know what the real, you know, what the real sentiment is down there in Crimea. But anyways, um, and I knew that on the opposite side that in Lviv in the West, almost on the Polish border, on the Poland border, um, people speak Ukrainian. They are Ukrainian. Um, they are. They don't have anything to do. They don't want anything to do with Russia, and they only look to the West, basically in Lviv. And so I knew that, or I, I think I know that anyway. Um, and so I knew that that was different than Crimea. And so I thought Kharkiv was closer to Crimea than it was to Lviv, but. When I got there, it was just a little bit different than what I thought. Um, and again, I, I look at YouTube, I look at blogs, and so I do look at um, some Eastern media. I'm not just completely consumed by Western media or CNN or anything like that. Um, I do kind of look on you know both sides, but still, even though I do that, um, when I went to Kharkiv, I was a little still kind of... Um, ignorant or, or I just didn't know what was going on so but anyway so I get there and I you know the first I should have known this because the first thing I see when I get there in my Airbnb I was across from what was called Constitution Square and the the square is like has this huge statue of this girl um, holding a flag of uh, holding the Ukrainian flag, and the Ukrainian flag is incredibly big, and it just soars over the whole square, basically. And so, um, when I got to Kharkiv and saw that, you know, that flag, I should have known that Kharkiv was very, very Ukrainian. And so, again, I, you know, I, I still knew, I still you know, wanted to go there to, you know, the, to practice Russian and all that. And, and again, everybody in Kharkiv definitely did speak Russian. Um, I think they knew, uh, well, I think they all know Ukrainian, but um, in everyday life, they all speak Russian. And I don't know why to this day, I still don't know why that is. I mean, I realized that they were all, again, part of the Soviet Union back in the 80s and before the 90s where it all broke up. Um, but still, I know that Ukraine, at least recently, want to push their own language. Um, in my Airbnb in Kharkiv, it was probably 30 different channels on TV, and 28 of them were in Ukrainian, um, and only about two were in Russian. 
And so I, I think that Ukrainians growing because they want their own language and they want their own, um, you know, na- na- they're more nationalistic now. And so I guess people are speaking more Ukrainian. But again, um, on the street, you'll just hear Russian. And so anyway, so when I was there, I was my my interaction with the with the girls specifically. Um, I went out on a handful of dates when I was there and I really started to understand what it was like to be in Kharkiv. And it wasn't that because they were so close to the Russian border that they were sympathetic to Russia. And I don't know, maybe there other people are because again, this is just my anecdotal, um, anecdotal experience and what I saw and what I heard. So there may be completely opposite reactions, but I was going out with these girls in, in Kharkiv and they would sit there and they would tell me about their brother who's fighting in the far east of Ukraine against the separatists who um, are backed by Russia or who at least they at least everybody thinks they're backed by Russia again I don't know if that's true or not but the separatists over in the Donbass region which has the cities of um, I guess Donetsk and Lugansk over there. That's where the 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 war is going on, um, and so these girls had brothers over there. They had one of the girls had a dad who was over there, um, and they're essentially in this fight with these separatists. And so they didn't want to have they didn't have any sympathy towards Russia. And uh, another girl I went out with, she fled from um, Donetsk. In, in the uh, Donbass region, whatever she left there, left the war-torn area to come to Kharkiv to get away from it. So these these girls, um, they all had like personal connection to the 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 conflict over there, and they were not sympathetic to Russia at all. In fact, they were almost well, they were probably anti-Russian. And the reason why it affected me, I should say, or why it's why I'm telling you, and why I think it's interesting, is that. When I was sitting there and when I go anywhere, you know, I show the girls that, you know, I travel, I've traveled to 40 or 50 different cities. Um, and I did that just to show that I didn't come just to Ukraine, um, you know, just as some lonely, lonely guy or whatever, some sex tourist, basically, who, which all the people in Ukraine basically think if you're a guy there by yourself, you're a sex tourist. And so what I did is I kind of showed, you know, I want to show them, hey, look, um, I was in Moscow a couple of years ago. I was in St. Petersburg a couple of years ago. And so I thought that it was like be a good thing that I was showing them that I'd been to Russia before. So, again, I'm not there for that. Um, but it didn't. It was like kind of like the opposite effect. I mean, they just didn't want it. They didn't want to hear about, you know, me being in Moscow or Russia or anything like that. So, again, it was kind of, you know, I, I was I, I learned that. You know, just because they're, you know, 20 miles away from the Russian border and because the media in, in that part of the world says that they're sympathetic, um, they, they, they may not be. And, and the reasons were valid, obviously. I mean, if, like I said, if the girls are actually living in Kharkiv because they left Donetsk or whatever, um, then it's understandable. And incidentally, um, one of the girls was telling me that the Donetsk city over there in the east, far east of Ukraine, where the the conflict is at, used to, she said that it used to be a really like rich, nice city, and that it was, she was so upset that 
um, now it's known as like a war-torn city and it's all been bombed out and the airport's been bombed out and everything. But it used to be like a, a place with a lot of money in a very, very nice city. So um, she was really upset about what's going on over there in, on, in the East. And so I, obviously I understood that and obviously I sympathize with that. And so um, that was what I learned. I mean, it just kind of, I didn't know that when I walked in. I mean, I, you know, I, I just wasn't, I, I just wasn't aware but nevertheless, all these girls, like I said, even though they had these problems uh, with the Russians over on the border, they all spoke Russian. Um, you know, they all knew Ukrainian, but they all spoke Russian um, just regularly. And so, again, it's still, it goes back to that. I'm not really sure why. But nevertheless, um, so that's kind of what I've learned, what I learned. And again, it kind of goes back to if you want to learn a language, um, just go directly to the the, the, the source. Um, don't try this little like bank shot like I did um, and go to Ukraine just because you don't need a visa. Um, you might as well just go to Russia and do it because, and again, I don't know if it's the same for other places. I mean, I'm, I'm thinking if you want to learn, say, Portuguese, um, should you go to Brazil or should you just go to Portugal? You know, something like that. But again, I don't know if there's that conflict or whatever between Brazil and Portugal that would you know might me me I might be comparing apples and oranges but but that's kind of what I'm thinking like I said if you want to go and kind of practice the language just go to the source and so anyways that's it for today um like I said my tip is to just go to the source um thank you for listening and like I said in the beginning I want to be putting out some content on this channel on my YouTube channel, on this podcast, and my Instagram, and it, it may be even some of my my Twitter, um, with tips and advice that will help people who want to travel solo. Um, so be looking for that. Um, if you haven't subscribed to this podcast, please subscribe, and I will see you next week. Thanks.